Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to another episode. I'm excited for this one. Gems, I've been been like, I guess it would be online stalking, right? <laughs> but that's like what we're supposed to do on Instagram, right? <laughs> that's how you make friends, isn't it? <laughs> that's true. That's how we make friends. Um, but I've known, follow Gems, Gems, sorry, Gems for a while. Um, she owns her own project management consultancy and is a military spouse for about three years. And as you maybe noticed from when she piped in there, she is actually from the UK. So welcome, Gems. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So how how did you meet your husband? I've been wanting to ask you because like soldiers, at least I don't think of soldiers going to the UK. So how did you guys? No. So I love telling this story. So I, um, before I came to America, when I was 26, I actually left the UK. I moved to Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. Um, and I was a project manager for New York, New York University out there. Um, and so I lived there for about five years. And in October of 2016, um, I went out with a friend. We just finished like a 10K run. We went out celebrating. Um, and I bumped into a very tall gentleman with a questionable mustache in an Irish bar. Um, <laughs> so we just hit it off that evening. We spent about five hours chatting. Um, and then obviously typical uh, military star, he was gone, I think, the next day or day after. So we didn't actually see each other again after that evening. Um, oh. But we'd um, exchanged emails and... I think it was just emails. Um, and he made the mistake of saying, hey, if you ever want to come visit America, you know, you should let me know. So I was like, oh, cool. So we just kind of struck up a, an online, you know, WhatsApp and Skypes and got to know each other. Mm -hmm. And so then in January of 2017, um, I was in the UK for Christmas. So just sort of thought I'd hop on a plane and, you know, pop over to Seattle for a week. Um, so we spent some time getting to know each other, exploring the area. And it was, by the end of that week, it was a question of, well, you know, we either really try and make this work or, um, you know, it's going to be pretty challenging for the next, you know, year or whatever. So I decided right. to go back to the UAE and I actually handed in my notice at my job um, with a view to kind of taking a sabbatical for a year. So I ended up leaving the UAE in uh, May and then came over to America for the summer of um, 2017. So I was here for about three months in 2017 um, and then went back home and then came back again and then in november of 2017 we got engaged and then in december of 2017 we got married so um we definitely combined about five years worth of dating into about eight months <laughs> <laughs> that's the way you do it exactly. just get to the point figure out if you're gonna be together or not I think that's it. when you know you know there's no point in you know if, for me anyway I'm like if you know just you know get it done um and kind of figure stuff out along the way I don't think there's any point especially you know we weren't young when we met each other so I think we were both at the point of I'm either going to be with you because this is something serious or there's no point in doing it and we were definitely both in the you know we want to make this happen um phase so it just it worked out for the best yeah so you guys did a lot of long distance though 
Yes. Yeah. That first six months, so pretty much January to June was um, long distance. I think the time difference was something like 11 hours or something crazy. Um, yeah. He Interestingly, he was on a trip where he we literally saw each other for one evening um, when he was on a trip in Abu Dhabi. So we had like, you know, dinner in the middle of the UAE, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then he came to the UK in April to meet family and friends and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, we made it work. It was tough, but we made it work. Did your family think you were crazy? I mean, yes, but that kind of thing isn't really out of the ordinary for me like when I was 26 I was like oh by the way I'm you know I'm moving to the Middle East all right bye that's true yeah they just kind of go with it I think there was definitely some um probably some nervousness and some hesitation my dad's in the military so when I mentioned that my husband was well my boyfriend at the time was a military member he was like okay that's you know there was that kind of level of trust but there was definitely some hesitation from everybody including myself you know I'm flying over to America to meet a complete stranger but something just said, you know, it's going to be fine and it's the right thing to do. So yeah, you're trusting your gut at that point. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that story. Thanks. So, what, what has the process been like though, to come, come and be in America? Cause like, did you have to change your citizenship or is that immigration? Like what is that just a messy process or was it simple because he was in the military? Um, I think it's easier because he's in the military, but it's definitely, we're still sort of going through the process now. So the way that we had done it, um, because we got married in the States, um, they call it a change of status. So we had to apply to change my status and basically explain that, you know, I didn't come over with the intentions of getting married. It's a genuine relationship. So there was quite an invasive process of, you know, proving our relationship to people who we had no idea who they were. Really? Um, yeah. And then, so, you know, it was photos. We had to send, um, you know, WhatsApp conversations and how long it had been going on for. And we had affidavits from um, various family members and things to, to prove the, um, the genuineness, I suppose, of our mm-hmm. relationship. And then, um, so we started the process in Seattle and then we moved to Alabama because we're currently here for flight school. And so then we had to, you have to actually go in for an an interview. So once you've prepared all your paperwork, you then go in for an interview um, again, just for them to question you about certain things and get a bit of history on the two of you. And that was quite, you know, it was really quick. And at the end of it, we were like, Oh, that was fine. But actually at the time it was quite nerve wracking because some of the questions they ask you, you, you then question your answer and you're like, wait, am I a good person? (laughs) Um, So that was definitely into, but so at the end of that, I get basically what's called a two year um, conditional permanent resident card. So I'm what's called um, uh, what's it, a resident alien. So I can live here for two years. And then at the end of two years, I apply to have the conditions removed. So then I'm here unconditionally. And then I think after 10 years is the normal process. But as a military spouse, I think you can speed that up. I can then apply for citizenship, citizenship or dual citizenship, depending mm. on um, what we want to do. But it's that's only one way that people do it. There's you know, you can come in on fiance visas or you can get married in your home country and then apply to come over. So there's different ways of doing it. It's just what works best with your situation, um, finances, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Has that made things like messier or harder when he's gone? Like, I know it's, it's, it's a pain just as a spouse, you have to have all the Oh, what's all that legal stuff? And I can't think of the word, but oh, the POA just, and things. Yeah, POAs yeah. and stuff. Like even just to have something changed in your house or whatever, and it's such a pain. Right. Like, 
is that made more difficult or is it just you're married so it's still the same i mean i think now that we're married it's everything's very much the same you know we have all of the same um provisions in place and then you know being a military spouse as well does help with certain things because i got um i got my id pretty quickly um after we'd got married um so those kinds of things are made a lot easier but certainly when we were dating and in the very early stages as we were going through the paperwork there was a lot that was really ch- like I wasn't able to work legally you're not allowed to work until you have approval to find work and then a lot of the times he was gone so I would be like in this relatively new town by myself no work you know I had a couple of friends I worked out quite a lot but there's only so much working out you can do in a day yeah. so that was <laughs> that was quite challenging um doing that on my own um but well, again, especially you know, if you're going from what you were doing, like you, you weren't just working casually, like you were in the Middle East, you know, you're right. obviously a big go getter and somebody who likes to stay busy. Uh huh. Yeah, that was, you know, for me, career was always a huge part of who I was. So coming over here and, you know, originally it was like, oh, I'll take a three to six months sabbatical and then I'll find work and, that. and then the reality sets in and you're like, well, I've either got to start from scratch in a new country with people not people who don't understand, but, you know, um, qualifications from certain countries don't translate as easily um, yeah. or they don't um, understanding of the kind of the job roles. And, th- you know, I had to rewrite my what we call a CV into a resume with different language and just going through all of that learning process and essentially starting again um, was quite challenging. Hence why I kind of ended up starting my own business. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a big um, that was a shift for me. And I struggled, you know, I, I definitely lost a lot of confidence and went to some dark places at some points but you know you come out the other side and you realize it's all worth it but at the time you know it's it's a really challenging situation yeah what what was the biggest cultural adjustment for you um for me honestly and I know this sounds crazy but a lot of it is the sense of humor side of things like I consider myself quite a humorous person um Mm. and in the UK you kind of have that sort of banter and that similar sense of humor with a lot of people and it's quite a dry sense of humor and that doesn't necessarily translate so well over here um and so I found that you know at the start I was offending people more than I was making people laugh and it just took a while for me to kind of and I know it sounds crazy but you sort of you start people start looking at you weird and thinking do we really want to spend time with this person and Mm -hmm. you know it's getting used to those nuances that you don't you just think that America is a bigger version of the UK but it's there's so many differences that you really have to pay attention to and be aware of when you're trying to integrate into a new community and make new friends and meet new people. Yeah. I laugh because Austin's, my husband is like super similar. Like he is super witty and would just make everything a joke. But every time we move, it like takes him a year to figure out who he can do that with. And who just doesn't, who just doesn't understand. Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. So what, what 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 has been harder to adjust though, like into military life or to USA nuances in life? Um, I would probably say the military. So I mean, like I said, I came from a military background. My dad was um he was a pilot in the UK, so I knew what that kind of meant. Mm-hmm. But I saw it from a child's perspective. Um I was at boarding school, so I didn't deal with a lot of the moves and the new friends. Like I had some level of consistency. So I think coming into a new country and then dealing with the military spouse community, but then also just some of the frustrations of the military in general, like 
you know, we had orders to come here, I think it was in June of 2019. And then we get a phone call and it's, oh, actually you're moving in January. And then we're moving in, I think, two months time. And, you know, yesterday we found out where we're actually going. So I think it's, there's a lot of um, s- small things that just make life a lot more frustrating and a lot harder to just get, you know, it's the whole, you make a plan, and but then you have to make another yeah. plan. And then you make about 15 plans. And why did you, you just end up back at the first place. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's, that's been quite challenging because I'm somebody who loves to plan and I love to know, you know, what's happening A to B to C to D. And then as soon as someone else comes in and says, well, actually, that's not what's happening that's been quite an adjustment to get used to. And then just the whole, you know, as you get older, making friends can be more challenging and finding the right kind of military spouses that you want to be around and who are, you know, you're rooting for and who are rooting for you. I think that's been, you know, that's been challenging to navigate. And I imagine it's something that everybody goes through and will continue to go through. Yeah. So how, how have you adapted and adjusted to that? Cause I feel like at least from following you, online like it seems like you have adjusted and you're positive about um about this life and all the changes that you've been through but then I know a lot of spouses who aren't mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not that you don't like talk about or acknowledge the hard things but like you you've seemed like you've adapted well whereas I know a lot of spouses don't and I think a lot of it is just attitude I think the way you see things dictates how things actually will roll out at the end of the day if you can be positive Mm -hmm. about you know I don't know where we're going but wherever we go is going to be a new adventure and there's new opportunities and there's going to be new things to explore and you know you kind of have to um, find a way to thrive off the last minute okay we're not going here we're going here now and you know Mm -hmm. the people who love to I love to troubleshoot I love a bit of conflict resolution and something comes up and I have a challenge to fix I love that kind of thing and for me, that's just something that's innate, but there is a way that you can learn to love that kind of thing as well. And I think just approaching everything with a a positive and a joyful attitude and thinking things can always be worse. There are people far more worse off than we are. And what we've always got to remember is, you know, we're going somewhere where our spouses will have a job. We will have a home to live in. You know, there's, there's um, provisions made to look after the families. And I think if we can always keep the benefits and the good things at the forefront of our minds, then it just makes dealing with the challenges that little bit easier. Um, And you learn so much about yourself by going through each and every one of them anyway. So it's, you know, it's just more stuff to add in your toolbox at the end of the day. I like that. It's just more stuff to add to your toolbox because that totally is a completely different mindset and like a paradigm, a paradigm shift from how most spouses are thinking they're thinking oh we have to do this again and like almost going into the victim as opposed to now I get to learn and I get to get little tools I like that Mm, that's a good one (laughs) so from your point of view can you think of like a few do's and don'ts for when people meet not only new military spouses but ones from different countries the big big do is you know ask them about where they come from I love talking about England I love talking about the UK you know if anybody wants to go on a trip there it's because you're so passionate about where you come from if somebody shows interest in where you're from and what you like to do or what there is to do there showing that interest and genuinely wanting to know about where they've come from Mm -hmm. it's just a really good way to connect with someone but at the same time and I know (laughs) I have friends that do this and I do laugh, but just 
don't try to emulate somebody's accent because as much as you think it's really oh cute gosh. and funny, it's half the time it's not. And you can't, you know, you have to laugh. And like I say, I have some really good girlfriends that it is a joke and, you know, I enjoy it. But if you've just met somebody for the first time and somebody tries to do like an Oliver Twist accent, I'm just like, we're not at that level yet. And it's kind of offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm from England and American to English is not that bad, but I just think trying to do it with a completely different accent is just, it's a recipe for a disaster. So I think show interest, um, mm-hmm. but stop when it comes to uh, trying to copy accents. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the interest go that far until you are like six months into the relationship and at a girl's night. And exactly. Just being yeah. Got it. Are there, are there any more don'ts? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like be talking rudely about other people, but at the same time, I know, I know so many people would never want to offend, but they just don't know. Do you know what I mean? But whereas you have, you have insight to that. Have there been any instances or no? I mean, I generally, I I try not to get offended easily because I think most of the time it comes from a genuine place of interest and, and trying to connect with people. But I think a lot of the, you know, don't, don't assume anything about anybody. Like don't assume that, um, because I've come here, it it means that I don't like being in the UK or I don't miss my family or, you know, I didn't, I didn't come here to escape England or I don't think that either one is better than the other. Um, mm-hmm. I just think don't ever make assumptions about anybody. Like you never know someone's story until they've told it to you. Um, you never know someone's reason for being here. Um, and then don't, this is a big one I know for all military spouses, but if someone's having a bad day, don't just say, well, that's the military. You knew what you were getting into. Like you never know what anyone's getting into. And I think coming over as a foreign spouse, it can be even more, um, I guess a shock to the system because you know what you know at home, whether you're in the military or not. And I think coming over to a brand new system, a brand new country, um, a brand new language for a lot of people, um, just making assumptions and, and telling people that they kind of knew what they got into is a surefire way to, you know, get someone's heckles up and, and upset people. I think just always approach everyone with an open mind and show interest and ask genuine, you know, questions rather than making any kind of assumptions. And that works both ways. You know, we can't come over here and assume certain things about, you know, you live, you know, you're from America, life must be so much easier for you. Like, of course, that's not the case. So that kind of thing works both ways. Yeah. I like that a lot because just, I mean, first of all, that people say, well, you know, you knew what you were getting into is just so frustrating. Like, I just cringe every time I hear that somebody has been told that because like, that is the dumbest thing. Nobody, mm-hmm. There's no way you could really know or understand everything that you were getting into, but also like, that's such a, that's an unempathetic answer. Like, why can't we just be there for each other and sympathize? And whether you think that their heart is hard, it doesn't mean it's not hard for them. Exactly. And and we're not going to be able to support each other. We're not going to be able to love each other. We're not going to be there for each other. If we can't just listen and let people be sad for a second, like we don't have to dismiss their feelings. You know? Yeah, I think that's it. Getting on the same level as someone and letting them be, you know, if they're a bit down, like helping them get out of it, but don't just dismiss what they're saying or what they're feeling. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I know a lot of people mean it as like just a being a positive go getter, but that doesn't mean we have to dismiss the feelings. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So 
what has been your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Um, I think the biggest one is definitely finding your tribe, finding your people. Um, and that's not always going to happen straight away. So don't give up. You know, you'll move somewhere and you'll go to all the events and you'll expect to find your best friend within five minutes. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like that. So I think, you know, being not persistent to the point where you're the weirdo that wants to be everyone's friend, but you know, <laughs> trying, trying everything that you can to find your people. And in the same way, you know, what are your hobbies? How can you interact those hobbies with finding the right people? Um, because once you have those friends, those people that you can go to, um, that's what's going to make your life that much more fulfilling. And, you know, maybe it's one or two people. It doesn't have to, you know, you see massive groups of um, friends getting together. But if you're the kind of person that enjoys a bit of solitary time and you just want a couple of friends, then be okay with that. Don't feel that there's a certain amount of friends that you have to have in order to be happy or, you know, to be whatever it is. So I think just finding your tribe and being comfortable within yourself. Yeah. It almost sounds like we need to have a self-awareness of what kind of friends we want. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like every personality is different and some people thrive on having big groups and some people thrive on just having that like one or two um, personal relationships. But then like we see the big groups and they're like, oh, well, I guess I should, you know, I should yeah. have that group. But yeah, that's that is kind of silly that we do that but but I think that's where social media comes in as well like like you say it's great to to find people and connect with people but it's also where we then start to compare you know what we're doing with everyone else and we you know are we military spousing right like am I doing the right thing and I think it's important mm -hmm. to you know if you're using social media to set boundaries so that you're not using it to to bring yourself down but you're using yeah. it for the right reasons to inspire others or to connect with people, but not to say, Oh, am I doing this wrong? Or how can I be better? Or Yeah. So you mentioned though, with finding your tribe that you like how you can intermingle your hobbies and connect with people that way. Do you, I'm curious, like when you're meeting people, are you talking like, Hey, what does your husband do? Or where did you come from? Are you asking those questions or are you asking different kind of questions do you so, know what I mean yeah so I think the you know where have you come from what does your husband do is a it's a good icebreaker and it's a conversation that everybody has but you know I really want to know from people like what is it that you like doing like do you work out do you go to church do you read do you have any hobbies like that kind of thing because then I think as soon as you find somebody who has the same interests as you that's something else that you can connect to because as much as I love what my husband does and I'm proud of what he does, I don't want every gathering I go to to be about what they're doing at work. Like I want to know yeah. about you. I want to find out what your interests are, what makes you tick. What do you need help with? How can I help you do that? And, and vice versa, you know, you want people who you're going to bring them up just as much as they're going to bring you up. And I think you have to ask those, you know, deeper questions more than just, you know, how long have you been here? Where did you come from before? What does your husband do? Because, as I say, that's great and it's helpful to get a conversation started, but to find your people, you need to really understand what makes them tick, what do they love and, and how do you, you know, how can you complement one another? I really like that. And I would, I would venture to say that that is a huge part of why you've adjusted so well, because you haven't just connected like through military with people you've connected on more of a human basis, which I think a lot of us military spouses are missing because we just talk about the military and we talk about what our husband's doing, but then it quickly turns into that's like consuming our life. Yeah. And 
that spirals and branches off into a whole whole bunch of other problems. But then when you have friends where you're actually talking and you're actually connecting, then your life becomes so much more than the military. And it, I think then that's easier to deal with the crazy, you know, two week windows of now we're moving to this place as opposed to this place. Exactly. Your huge change. Yeah. I just had like a light bulb in my head. (laughs) Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of, thought of that before, but that's why I love this podcast so much because yes, I've been a military spouse for, oh geez, almost eight years now, but, and you would think I have all the answers or whatever, but we don't, that's, that's why talking to each other, we get those golden nuggets. Thank you. I'm like, oh, I need to think of different questions to ask. We have, we have a little women's gathering for our church congregation. I'm like, Hmm, what can I ask that I haven't asked yet? Because I always just ask, what's your husband up to? And what does that mean for you? When you never know what you come across, you know, you don't know what you don't know about somebody and there could be some of the most interesting people in there. Just nobody's ever asked them, you know, anything about them. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm going to approach a room now. Like, yeah. hey, what, what is the most interesting thing? Because when you, especially when you think about it, it's like we all did super random, funny, interesting, dumb things in our like the 10 years before we came military spouses, mm-hmm. right? Like the chunk of life. And yet we're only thinking that we're going to talk about like this last however short chunk of time. Like, oh, you're missing out. Yeah, because you never know where people have come from, what they've done, who they were before they joined this, you know, crazy, beautiful lifestyle that you, yeah, you just don't know who you're talking to until you ask the question. Yeah, I like, oh, okay, I'm like so excited. Is that, (laughs) I'm I'm such a dark place, like, oh, that's just, that's a really good tip, I feel like, for really thriving. Because people say, like, find your tribe, but I like the way that you, you do that. You do it at such a deeper level and a, a more of a human level as opposed to like a military right. spouse level yeah oh, okay I'm just over here thinking I love it just you know my my the cogs in my head are turning thank you I'm <laughs> I'm very happy right now Aww. I hope everybody, everybody listening you should be thinking of how you can do this and if you are doing this this is another good tip that I've learned is like when you hear things like this even if you're doing it, don't just think, oh, I do it, but think, hey, like what's one thing that we could do better about it or pat yourself on the back. Good job. You're doing it. Either way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Of I'm, course. I'm, again, I'm, now I'm going to sit and think all day what I prep for tonight. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you or reach out, um, maybe there's a fellow UK um immigrant military spouse out there or just people who want to hear more about you and love what you have to share what's a good way for them to connect with you yeah i would love to connect with anyone um if you just search gems collins on uh, facebook and instagram you will find me um linkedin as well so yeah really simple gems collins um and profiles are open so yeah i would love to connect if anyone has any questions or you know like you say wants to share anything then um, i'm happy to help Awesome. You're awesome, Gems. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And you waiting warriors out there, I wanna I wanna put out a little challenge because I'm I'm starting to do this and I really like it. Um I I want you to think of a new question you can ask people when you meet them. 
Um, one that's kind of in my brain right now is like what excites you right now? What's getting you excited right now? Because then if they're a working mom, then they can talk about their work. If they're an at home, um, staying at, just staying at home and working on projects, then they can talk about their hobby. If they are super into church, they can talk about church, you know, like, but it also gets the, that like light in their eyes. So I want you to think of a question. And then if you are so bold to share it on Instagram or Facebook and then tag Gems and I, so we can see it and then we can keep this conversation going. I think that would help. I love that. Our military spouses up here and everybody else just have a great week. Thanks again, Gems. Thank you for having me. podcast is sponsored by countdowns and cupcakes do you want your next care package to be the easiest one ever then leave the decorating to countdowns and cupcakes and their pre-decorated flap sets they are perfect for every and any occasion shop at countdownsandcupcakes.com